when I not only interviewed, but bonded with Sydney Sweeney over our big old boobs on a red carpet, give or take, I don't know, four years ago, I never in a million years, eons, if you will, would think that those very boobs right in front of my eyes would turn out to be a touchstone moment in our lives, society, pop culture, what have you. But you know what? Here we are. You don't believe me, bitch? You know, is this not cancel me, baby? Is it or is it not? Okay, because you know a bitch has receipts. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to play the audio. It's like Amber Heard trial, Amber Heard Aquaman interview who? Because we are coming in today with Sydney Sweeney. We got a lot to say. We got a lot to cover. This is a spontaneous impromptu app. Okay, let me just tell you, first of all, I worked my side hustle this morning since 6.45 a.m. I have to get my ass over to the gym for Operation Sex Goddess. Y'all know what's up. And I have to get ready because I am departing on a flight tomorrow on none other than spirit. Yes. So may the force be with me. Please send your thoughts and prayers. And none, you know, nevertheless, I know you guys were all feeling about what Sydney recently had to say. And so I thought, why not hop on here? and give the people, aka you, what you want. So what happened? As per usual, we're going to be talking about and looking at what was said back then, what's been said, you know, as of late. And you know how we roll here. We love an introspective bird's eye moment, what it says about, you know, millennial cultures. And like, why do people say the things they do? And just like, why are we the way that we are genuinely need answers? So what happened on that April day in 2018? So at the time, if you guys have watched The Handmaid's Tale, Sydney was on it was very much up and coming, was nowhere near the huge star she was today. She was like 20 years old. And in The Handmaid's Tale, okay, she was like, may, may as well been a Puritan churning your butter. Literally like the apron, like was, I think she literally played a child in the show because that was the whole storyline of the sex slavery and how they were, you know, selling off these children to go be wives. Yes. The, the we have much more fuckeries to deal with in reality okay and in this episode so that is neither here nor there but nonetheless I see her on this red carpet okay and I'm shocked because I'm like I could have sworn that I passed you at the local LA middle school okay in PE volleyball like what is going on here she was this grown woman with these huge tits. And I remember being shocked and you know me, I just say what comes out of my mouth. So I'm like, what at those tits? Like what? And I was even shocked that they were real because she comes to say that. So anyway, here I am, it comes out of my mouth. I acknowledge the obvious because you know, that is how I roll, you know, be real or roll out, roll home. So that's, that's my motto. So she starts telling me, yeah, in The Handmaid's Tale, they had to tape down my boobs and I had to play this child. I'm going to play you the audio. And the reason I'm talking about it is because it's really hard to make out, you know, red carpet life, like clusterfuck as usual. But that's the overall idea. And I know this life and I know it well. And this is the point I have starting off, kicking off this weekend with some Sydney Sweeney titty 
fuckery, okay? Is that there is just like a camaraderie, big boobied girls. Because Sydney's not the only one who had to tape those suckers down for a role. Yours truly, okay? When I was in eighth grade, I was cast in a suburban Connecticut production of The Sound of Music. And I played Brigida, one of the Von Trapp children. And yes, I too, okay, had to strap down the titties, like literally needed the Hulk, needed backup, needed security to get in there and get the job done. So we're kind of bonding over this. And I just blurred out to her. I'm like, I can't believe they're right in front of me. I'm like, I can't even believe those are real. Like I'm a triple D. Um, which we may or may not debunk that it may be double, but again, neither here nor there. And she's laughing. She's like, me too, right? Here is the audio. Have a good, happy TGIF fuckers. Happy Friday. They, created, they built a percent you, you for me your finger to make my boobs compressed. No, seriously. So that I don't have any. How does that feel like, we're going to talk about shoes. Shoes. but yeah, how does no. that feel like being So as you can see, we're laughing, talking about being big boob girls, having to strap those suckers down. You know, you do what you do for the art and for the cre creative artistic, you know, experience. Okay. But the sad thing is, here we are. It's July, the, the dreaded July 2022. And you know, things look different in hindsight and some things just unravel in ways that you don't expect. So yes, now I just have to say, I'm speaking, not Sydney Sweeney, all right, me, Taylor Ferber, I, I am speaking on behalf today of the blonde-haired, big-boobed gal community, okay? When Sydney Sweeney is out here saying dumb shit, she does not speak for us or represent us in any way, shape, or form, okay? We big-boob blondes actually have brains, and we're not out here saying dumb shit all the time. So the big boob camaraderie from that time, that many years ago, I'm just reading, you know, the ongoing unfolding situation with this gal. And again, on behalf of this committee, she does not represent us at this time. Thank you for your questions. That is the episode. No. Okay. Listen, this episode is going to be controversial at face value because you know this, and we've talked about this on cancel me baby. Like we're in a society where God forbid you critique or, you know, construct. There's one thing of being like catty and petty. Like no one has time for that shit, but there's also like, we don't just because we have tits and a JJ, we don't have to agree with everybody of the like, right? So if it's constructive criticism, disagreement, you know, 
to build society and let's let's do this shit and move forward have at it no but really it doesn't mean that we can't disagree or can't be like what the actual fuck was just said so right because now it's passed off it's like oh it's a woman bashing thing so i want to say that out of the gate yes i met sydney sweeney yes we bonded about her boobs that are now famous thank you to euphoria the hit hbo show um and no it, this isn't just bashing her for the sake of bashing her and sid Sid, Sid, Sid. Like, if you are listening to this, I actually have some, I think, you know, poignant um, messages in the end, you know, as being someone who looks at the culture, speaks to the culture, was in the culture of very rich, privileged actors and actresses and saw it firsthand. You know, I have a, I have a unique view onto this and view into this. And I think, you know, given that I spoke a little bit about what's going on to my stories and you guys so enthusiastically responded, you guys are feeling as well. So here's the skin knee without further ado, like I said, not berating her, but we're going to talk not only number one about like <laughs> the state of affairs out of touch celebrities, but I think something I've obviously have explored that on the show, but this is a little more specific than that. This is going to be talking about the one, the only, the millennial and also nudity women victimizing and the big picture of it all, because, you know, at the rate we're going, we don't know how much longer that we have. Okay. So let's take a stab at it while we're here. So Sydney now 24 did a What's now going viral interview with the Hollywood Reporter in which she so brightly stated that she as a, you know, two-time Emmy nominated this year, HBO Met Gala going stylist using publicist employing person uh, can barely afford to make ends meet and to survive with a thriving career in Hollywood. No, I, you, you heard that right. You heard that. get, get your minds out of the motorboating portion. Okay. Of the episode and stick with me. So here's a little bit about what she said. And I listen, okay. You know me. I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt, see both sides, see all sides of things. And I could understand the sentiment behind it, but also just know, like, again, like, why do people say the things that they fucking say? So she talked about how now she, so let me lay the groundwork. She was on The Handmaid's Tale, but then she really broke out, like I said, as Euphoria, as the Euphoria star. It's this like really trippy show, follow, it's like high school, but on steroids, very like exaggerated and dramatized. And I think in the pilot, I only watched the first couple episodes, but she shows her boobs and it became this like whole thing, of course, because we are in a prude society and people love to see tits. Like, what do you want from us? Like, what do you want, lady? You know, it goes without saying, but she also was nominated for White Lotus, which I loved. And don't worry, she's also signed on to be part of a Marvel spinoff with Dakota Johnson, her former nude sister from another mister who we're going to talk about in a second. So needless to say, like the bitch has some point. Okay. But her point was that with streamers and all this and all the content platforms that performers aren't getting paid residuals and these big paychecks as much as they used to. But I just want to say that she has a $3 million home in Los Angeles. Okay. And reportedly makes $25,000 per episode of Euphoria. Keep in mind, that is one person's salary 
for their year. Okay. Like if these days, if they're lucky. So let's just talk about that. Now, obviously it's just, this is just, and, and here's the thing too. I feel like people always want to hop on something to rag on people crying. Oh, your privilege is showing this, that, the other thing, blah, blah, blah. And usually I'm the person who's like, you guys need to get a hobby, you know, join that middle school volleyball, you know, scrimmage if you want and calm down. And I'm not just jumping on this with everybody for the sake of jumping on it. But again, like, girl, you've been at the Met Gala. You have been, I saw you at the Vanity Fair Oscar party with your gown not that long ago. Okay. So that's what I mean. It's like, just knock it off. Just stop because I have actually I've seen it. So it just like, it makes me, it just grinds my gears. And again, it's why after being up since 6am, this actually needed uh, to happen. So she also talks about how she, and I too, from being in show business, know how, knows how, know how, okay. I said that blondes have brains and I swear we do, but it has been a long day. So bear with me, bitch. So uh, she talks about how she has to pay everybody a little bit of a piece of the pie. And this just comes with the territory of being in show business, right? You have to pay a lawyer 5%. You have to pay, you know, your management, your agents, all this stuff. But here's my favorite. She talks about how she has to pay her publicist more than her mortgage. Listen, listen, li listen up now. Like, hear ye, okay? Because... This publicist, number one, isn't doing a good job. Okay, I need to know the con. Actually, I have IMDb Pro. So after this, I may just hop on because I need to know who this person is because they, girl, you are paying them way too much because what is happening? Every other month, it's some silly, out of touch, not thought through sentiment coming out of your gorgeous mouth. Really, we're going to talk about what was said in January about her boobs and what was said recently. Like, ah, uh, so that's number one. But number two, your publicist is also the person who is supposed to make your image, like get you out there, get you booked on Marvel, like get you, you know, hot and in the spotlight. You know what I mean? Like they are working like a stripper pole for you all the time. They are fucking ruthless. And yes, they will take your firstborn. I'm not even kidding. Okay. If it's like for the coin. So, but the other thing is, so this clearly is an instance of biting the hand that feeds you, which I'm going to talk about in a second, because I feel like I've been guilty of this in this business, but it's not it's apples and oranges. If you want to use that as a boob metaphor, be my guest. All right. As Belle would and the candlesticks and Beauty and the Beast be my guest. So this is the thing though, that I want to say before I get into that and the HBO of it all is like, I get it. She's young. You say stupid things when you're young. Okay. Like I can't even imagine if I was being recorded at 21. Also JK, because I'm a motherfucking genius. No, but Penn State, what's up? No, but, um, you don't need a publicist. That's the thing. Like I have seen, I actually respect, I get it. You're new in the game. And I'm going to talk about her backstory too, because this is where I actually empathize. Cause she had, she did have it rough. Like I feel, I kind of feel bad for everyone talking about how privileged uh, she is while she is, because I don't really know if they know her backstory, which I read a little bit about, but people like celebrities who roll without a, a publicist are mother effing g's i've seen it on they're just like i got this like they're they're not controlled they're not worried about it my most famous and you know 
iconic example and favorite example is when I interviewed Angelina Jolie at D23, which is Disney's version of Comic-Con down in Anaheim. And she had a publicist, but did not. Meanwhile, she's going through all this stuff with Brad Pitt. Her son's going off to college. Like there's all this drama. She, her publicist, he was there, but was not given the time of day. He literally may as well have been the ice cream man outside of the convention center. Like she, that's what I mean. It's like, she didn't need him around to like, control what was being said or what her answers were she just was like I got this and toodaloo mother effort like that's how it rolls and it's so cool and I love to see like I feel like the Adam Sandlers are like that like it is just a vibe right either they couldn't give their publicist the time of day or even better they don't even have one so there's that but we're gonna give her the benefit of the doubt because she's 24 dazed and confused and that is just what it is so let's talk about why this is clearly hitting such a nerve with people right now because i don't know if your eyeballs have seen a screen lately but it may be news to you that we are basically on the brink if we're not in one already of a recession so if you can barely afford okay your slim gym at your last local gas station, which by the way, you will be in debt for, for filling your tank up to, you know, go visit your grandma once a week, then I am with you spiritually and mentally. But really, people are struggling right now. They can barely make ends meet, okay? They are working two to three jobs, not even just right now, but think about it, like the shortage supply, people can't afford dick, their homes aren't being built, Every cars, nobody can get a car because they literally cost the amount of Sydney Sweeney's infinity pool. I mean, it's an absolute joke. So that's where it's just like, oh my God, it's not all about you. Like, look at what is going on in the world right now please like for the love of God but not only that I mean think about just in general right like even though it's dire right now and it is bleak as bleak gets the worst state our economy has been in in four decades for those for the Sweeney's out there that's 40 years <laughs> no I kid I kid no but it's really bad but think about normal normal like most people slave away at nine to five jobs that they couldn't give a shit about just to make it through to Friday to get a little bit of an oasis. Maybe go get a $5 beer at happy hour. Sometimes they're waking up before the sun is even up. You know, they're commuting next to some, some smelly guy picking his nose on the train and they do this day in and day out for 65 godforsaken years until they can retire and such is life. But I'm just saying like people do what they have to do. So to hear this, it also makes me think, let's not forget. So I said Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, she was on. Uh, Euphoria, which is huge on HBO and White Lotus on HBO. I know these fuckers aren't cheap. It's HBO. So it makes me wonder like how extravagant bitch is your lifestyle if you can barely get by? Like what is going on now? So that's the part where people are like, just please stop talking. And in my case, please stop giving, again, big boobed, big chested, if you will, blondes, a bad rap. Please. Thank you. Okay. But here's a little thing though about her background where I do empathize is she talks about going out to uh, LA when I think she was 13 to start acting and how her family had it really rough, right? Like 
She slept on it. She talks about sleeping on a couch with her mom, how her brother and her dad, or sorry, sleeping in uh, the same bed with her mom and how her brother and dad shared a couch and how it was really rough times. And it caused a strain on her parents' relationship. I think, I don't know if they're not together because of it or what, but that idea, right? So I'm not knocking her hustle, but it's like, don't forget your roots, gal. And that's the thing is that we're so disillusioned when it comes to money and success. And I am going to get to this in the, you know, in the climax, if you will, but it has all of us, including successful people like Sydney Sweeney messed up. And she talks about because she's not paid, like actors used to get paid. She has to do campaigns with like, you know, Armani and Moo Moo and this, I don't know if it's Armani, but you get the idea, right? And it's like, I'm sorry. I am so sorry that you have to get dolled up for a fashion shoot today when I just had to go slave my ass away at a $15 an hour job at 31 years old. I may or may not be alluding to something there, right? So connect the dots. So I'm just saying like, get with the times, get with the program. And knock it off. And it's also a thing with show business too, where I could understand this being in it. Like we, and you guys who listen to my show, I know there's a lot of, you know, actors and personalities and, um, you know, publicists and writers, maybe not publicists, but like writers, people who are creative in the business and listen to my show. And we all know, like, again, I'm just going to take it upon myself to speak for all of us that it is such a grind, uphill grind, and you sacrifice a lot. That's the thing, right? Like it's give or take. So if you go for the traditional route, like the nine to five thing, you know, you're going to have a 401k and benefits and holidays. That's the other thing. Sidebar. She was complaining because she's not making enough money to where she would be able to just sit back, chill in her mansion and take a six month break if she wanted, like actors, I guess, used to do. Could you? Could what, what, what would you even do in six months? Literally imagine, imagine the luxury of being like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to take six months off of my job and my grind today. So you know what? Get at me overdue bills. Get at me eviction notice. You ain't shit. Like, could you imagine people are jumping for joy when they get two, maybe three weeks, a year of vacation, if that. So that's one thing, but Also, that's the thing where it has us a little bit jaded because we don't have that security. It's such a fickle up and down business and you do sacrifice a lot. You hear stories and I'm going to talk about my conversation um, with Dax uh, Shepard about this, right? Actually, fuck it. We'll get into it right now because as you can see, this is like a little bit of a clusterfuck because I just hopped on last minute, but um we're so disillusioned to think that like, it's like, I get it because you sacrifice so much and you don't have that security so that when you have that success, it's like, yes, finally, like the lavish rich and the famous and all the splits and glamor and all the things I've worked so hard for, but it also has us messed up because that's not reality, right? So it's like, you get this payoff because you've sacrificed and didn't have health insurance or didn't have all those things for vacation days or whatever it is for so long. So now it's like, yes, but also like, let's not forget, like 
for someone like this too, I look at it and it's like, you've had your come up in literally less than four years. You are enchanted and you are truly blessed. So an example that makes me think of this is when I talk to Dax Shepard, who obviously is huge, married to Kristen Bell. He's so down to earth and so cool. And I'm like, how do you stay like that after being so huge? And he says like, I'm the same person. I just have more cars now. And he talks about, which is, this is what I love, like this perspective, again, that I think entitled little brats as millennials and Gen Z, et cetera, have is like that entitlement. He said to me, I auditioned for 10 years, a decade, 10 years with nothing, with no money, no nothing. And I was just as happy then. So I'm not saying like, I'm someone, trust me, who has sacrificed so much, does bitch work on the daily to get my dream and goal. So I get it. I'm not saying that you should be like skipping through a field of daisies about it. But at the same time, it's like quit complaining, right? Like it just puts thing in, things in perspective. And I think it's such a true like view of our generation, the view of like instant gratification, success and money. It's like, since when, since when, you know, I guarantee if you talk to the Merrills and all the iconic, you know, people that we know and love, like, I, I don't know, I could be wrong. I didn't have time to dig that much deeper into this. Cause like I said, I hopped on here with no fucks to give, but I, I guarantee you it wasn't like success overnight like this. So um, knock it off with that. And the last thing that I'll say about this is I reflected and I was like, you know, on this show, in my work, like in op-eds I've written, I too have kind of bitten the hand that's fed me in entertainment. And I think it's an easy thing to do to be like, oh, well, because it is on such a grand stage. So it is easy to do to be like, well, it looks like this and it looks so glossy and flossy, but really it's like Shia LaBeouf in holes. <laughs> it's not what you would think. Right. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, am, have I been like a, a Sydney Sweeney in that way? And then I really, I had a true reflective meditative moment. And I thought, Hmm, you don't have a $3 million mansion. You aren't at the Met Gala. You don't have a stylist. No, no, bitch. You're, you barely, you got paid X amount, okay, to stand out there on red carpets with tumbleweed like an asshole until two in the morning getting fed stale pizza. So, yeah, doing again, bitch work. So don't think that it is the same, but want you to know that I am always reflecting and thinking as we blondes do, don't forget, okay, and had that moment. Now, the next thing I want to say about this is, again, why this was so dumb to hear and clearly out of touch um, and privileged. Like, yes, actors, you will be fine, okay? Talk to me. Again, I said this on my story, but talk to me when you're a teacher who has to quit his job because it doesn't pay enough to go work for Walmart, et cetera. Thank you very much. Okay. So the second thing is back to where it all began, the boobs. So back in January, I know time is of the essence and an illusion, but if you can remember back in January, you know, back before Zelensky and his wife in the middle of, you know, this huge war decided to pull an Anna Wintour and do a full-on photo spread like Kimye on Vogue before any of that, guys. Sydney talked about going 
you know, topless on euphoria. And I I've talked about it on my show, I think before, but I remember at the time, like rolling my eyes being like, come on, like as someone who's been topless, right. In playboy, which connects to this. Why she talks about how she was so proud of her acting, but nobody really cares. Cause all they can talk about at the time is how she showed her boobs and how guys who show their go naked on screen are glorified and patted on the back and how women are, you know, sexist things are said about them and they're not taken seriously and blah, 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 all the usual suspects. Right. And I remember at the time just being like, God, again, such a millennial thing. Like I just wish so badly. And it's just such a class act thing to do is to be like, yeah, I fucking did it. And yeah, you wish you were me. And yeah, you were mesmerized and hypnotized. And yes, it was awesome. And yes, it's part of my art. And yes, it was creative, but no, it has to be this whole thing where it's like, we can't have a conversation about it. Women are treated differently. And that I also beg to differ. Think about how many famous, iconic, well-respected, talented women went nude or fully nude on screen. Helen Mirren, okay? She did. Think Elizabeth Berkley and Showgirls. I could go on and on. One of my favorite examples, Heather Graham, who is known to be very smart in real life, which we fucking love. Um, Kate Winslet, full-on tits and Titanic, okay? Let's not forget and now all we can think of when we can think of Kate is the holiday. I will fight you on that until the end of time. I can recite every word. Um, who, oh, this is another good example. So Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie in Wolf of Wall Street, and she was around the same age as Sydney Sweeney now. No one is like, oh, Margot Robbie, just a pair of tits. No, she's like one of the most respected, highest paid actresses right now. Literally, she's shooting the Barbie movie. And I'll have you know, I interviewed Margot Robbie on the set of Birds of Paradise uh, in LA, which she also was like executive producing. And she talked about her role like behind the scenes and making the story and making it so like badass and how her character was like such a tough ass bitch. So I'm sorry. It's like boobs. What? Like, it's not all about that unless you make it all about that, but that's fine too. But then don't complain about it. Right. It's like that kind of thing. Um, so that's really, uh, was frustrating to see. It's like, give me a break. I mean, and Beyond that, though, there I feel like is an element. I mean, I joked about it earlier where it's like we are a bunch of prudes and it's like he 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 tits. But I just feel like that kind of goes without saying like it's it's human nature. Right. So even take it's like the Margot Robbie thing. So take my Playboy feature. What made it so unique and what made it unlike anything any outlet or Playboy has ever done is that not only did they have their own journalists and writers pose fully nude, but also write really thoughtful, um, provoking, smart essays about, you know, how they're not mutually exclusive and freedom in all ways. And it was this huge deal. It was in like this 65th anniversary print issue. One of the last print issues Playboy did and online, it was a big deal. And it's funny because to this day, when it came out, even people like People would always say, the essay is so amazing. It had me in tears. It, your essay, like it gave me chills. I love what you wrote. It was so beautiful. But the thing that sticks out in people's minds is, holy shit, you pose nude in Playboy. And, it's, and it doesn't offend me, but that's the thing. It's like, it's just part of also human nature. So I feel like it's kind of 
it's just who we are, even as women, right? You're like, well, boobs. It's just, I'm sorry. It's like our brains are wired a certain way. So to make it this whole, like, what was me? And it's like, well, then don't, it's don't do it or fucking own it and be like, yeah, bitch, I did it. Next question, like moving on. Also with males getting treated differently as females. I mean, I don't think that that's true either. Like didn't Mark Wahlberg also go nude in Boogie Nights or, oh, here's a perfect example. When Ben Affleck showed literally a centimeter of the side of his dick on a cold, stormy, dark night, basically, in which you needed a telescope to see in Gone Girl, nobody could stop talking about it. So I'm just saying, like, I, I, I don't think that that's necessarily true. And you know what I want to say about that is that that is such a... I feel like modern woman thing to do. And it really pisses me off. And I noticed that even people who come through on my show do it. I notice guests I have do it. I notice people in the pop culture mainstream dialogue do it. And here's what it is. I feel like women victimize, put themselves in a box and put themselves down more than men do. And I'm not shaming like their lived experience or what they've been through, but I've heard it so much where it's like, oh, it's so hard to be a woman right now. Or, oh, like they only, no one takes my creative art seriously because they only see my boobs or, oh, this or, oh, that. And I have to tell you, like, you'll even hear on my show when I have guys on and talk about this, they fucking worship women. I haven't heard a guy be this like sexist pig. Like, yeah, bitch. You're only good for your tits. Don't talk and make me a sandwich. Like what literally what is this? 1940? I just don't feel like it reflects reality. So I feel like what are we doing making it this like, you know, this picture of men constantly being these misogynistic pigs who don't think women should speak up and are only good for tits and ass. It's like I feel like women do that to themselves. I literally feel like that more than anybody else, like victimize themselves more than the men are like, I will follow your lead salute. Like I am afraid of you. No, but like in all seriousness, like I do feel like, like, sure. Is there, is there undertones of that? And are there bad asshole douchebags, insecure losers out there? Like I've said before, sure. But for the most part, I feel like men respect women and like know their goddamn place. So it's like women are like the ones like, holding themselves back in this squid game tug of war from hell guys are like i worship and respect and i'm gonna follow your lead you know what i mean so i just feel like it speaks to that and in this interview flash forward so that's what she spoke about in january now in this interview with thr she again brings up the you know the toplessness and the nude scene same sort of sentiment being like you know why can't we why is it just about that and why can't we talk about anything else and blah 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 but then goes on to say but with that said you know I'm still going to continue doing nude scenes now she also does acknowledge that like stuff again that's not okay and that I would never say is okay like I guess she talks about people on social media posting her nude uh like topless scenes and like tagging her brother and stuff like that like that's vile and disgusting like that's not okay but again it's that idea of like roll with or roll out like stand by it or don't so it's like this whole boy who cried wolf right it's that idea of like oh i did this and it's causing so much agony because no one takes me seriously but then i'm not gonna stop doing it it's like well which is it like 
actually, which is it? So that is what I want to say about that as I wrap this time to be alive, like the summer, again, motorboating session that you didn't even know um, that you needed, right? It's that idea. Let's in some, like in this classroom, okay, <laughs> that you did or didn't ask to be enrolled in, okay? Women, again, victimizing themselves more than men, more than anybody else, right? It's that idea are deranged. And I have fallen victim of, like, I have been guilty of this, of our youth's idea of immediate, like, success and money and not having to put the work in and that entitlement of being like, why don't I have it all? And why don't I have it all now? Because we've seen them on social media, this and that, but it's so fucking rare. Like, no, as Brittany said, you need to work, bitch. Since when does the work stop? You know, it doesn't. And again, last but not least, this millennial, and I can see it already in Gen Z tendency to place blame, complain, not take accountability, and then do it all over again. Like say what it is to get attention and all this jibber jabber BS. And I said it once and I'll say it again. All right. Keep your head down. Look, keep the eyes, you know, where you wish, as long as it in, is in a respectful manner. And I'll say this, like, let's just hope it shapes up from here. I wish you nothing but success, girl, and to thrive, you and your titties, however you decide to use them. But I'll say this, not only as a millennial, okay, but yet again, as the blonde, as the C cup or higher community, that is what I've called it now. I hate to say it, but we didn't ask for this.